become misfortune. <laughs> I'm watching you. Hey guys, welcome to episode 10 of Macabre Misfortunes. Yeah. So, oh, I sounded like those one brothers. Yeah. What one brothers? The brothers you keep laughing at. Oh, the Hodge twins. Oh yeah, the Hodge twins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uncanny. Isn't it though? Anyways. Yeah. How was that one? <laughs> Tracy, we've talked at length over the last six years about restless spirits who may just kind of stay earthbound because of a tragic death. That seems to come up almost yeah. in every ghost story. It is very sad. Our story today is a perfect example of one of those instances. This story is about a quote-unquote thrill kill that happened in Chicago in 1924. The victim, a 14-year-old boy by the name of Bobby Frank. Now, Richard Crow is Chicago's original ghost hunter. He literally wrote the book on ghost hunting mm -hmm. back in the day. Back in the day. And he gave ghost tours in Chicago for over 30 years. So, he definitely knows what he's talking about when it comes to ghosts. My question is, and I know we ain't even into the story yet. Of course not. But go ahead. But if you're going to do a... Thrill kill. Why don't you do it to Ninja Barking? No, I'm just kidding. So, you definitely don't want to thrill kill Ninja, as you said. <laughs> no. And I know this sounds stupid, but why don't you kill a known... And it's no, don't kill anybody. Start off. Let me, let me rephrase. I'm going to say this is not going to turn out no, well. No, let me rephrase. Don't kill anybody ever. <laughs> ever. It's wrong. But why don't you kill, like, if you have to kill somebody, go out and kill a uh, a pedophile. Or if you know or don't, or go kill a, just a horrible person that you know is horrible. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't think any of this is going to turn out good. I don't I think, think it is either, but I'm out. just saying, don't get a thrill kill off of killing a 14-year-old person. What the hell? Go kill a frog. Go kill <laughs> a mongoose. I don't kill a friggin' pizza pie. Just Put it keep, all in you your just stomach. Keep digging. Well, I don't know why you have to kill. A all right, kid. so so let's go on record that we we don't want to kill. You shouldn't kill anybody. Never, period, no matter who ever. the person is. I'm just saying, <laughs> kill the bad guy. Don't kill innocent little kids. But we don't kill anybody at all. No, we don't kill anybody at all. I'm just saying. If you just happen to come up on somebody and somebody's like beating the crap out of somebody, then you kill that guy. Because <laughs> he's doing the bad things. No? Do you get my point? So now we're just going to kill somebody because they're beating up on somebody. That's not what I mean. Why don't we just end it with, you shouldn't kill anybody, period. That's what I want to hear you say. Okay, now let's not kill anybody ever. Okay. But don't kill no dang 14-year-old kid. Come on now. Well, the 14-year-old be included in nobody. Ever. Oh. Okay. Sorry. My rant's over. Anyway. So we talked about 
Richard Crow. And you know, people say, why don't you let Tracy speak more on the show? Oh. <laughs> and that would be why, folks. <laughs> my, my mouth gets ahead of my brain. I can't help it. And so anyways, we talked about he's given, Richard Crow's given ghost tours for 30 years. And he's going to have a unique connection to this story as we move on towards the later part. But speaking of connections, he wrote a book called Chicago's Street Guide to the Supernatural. Now, in that book, he actually makes the connection between murders and ghosts. Mm-hmm. About them, you know, staying earthbound because of, of their murder. I like the name of his book. Yeah. So, more on Richard Crowe and, and his connection in a little bit. Let's get back to the the meat and the potatoes of this story. The murder of 14-year-old Bobby Franks made national headlines. One, because obviously it was a vicious murder. But the main reason was because not only the victim, but the two killers were all sons of Chicago millionaires. (gasps) See, that's what happens when they get everything they want. Then they get bored and have nothing else to do. Sorry. The two killers were Nathan Leopold, who was 18 at the time, and Richard Loeb, who was 17 at the time. These two had been planning on killing someone for quite a while, at least several months. They just hadn't chose, chosen who their victim was going to be yet. That plan came to fruition, though, when 14-year-old Bobby was hot walking home from Harvard School one day. So we mentioned that all three were sons of Chicago millionaires. What we hadn't mentioned yet is that Bobby Franks was actually Richard Loeb's second cousin. Get out of here. And he was 14 years old and he was coming home from Harvard school? Not Harvard College. Oh. Harvard High School. Oh. Or grade school. I guess what well, I guess. I mean, I was just going to say, man, right. he's really smart. Uh, therefore, when Nathan and Richard pulled up in the car next to Bobby Franks, he saw his cousin, and he probably wouldn't have suspected anything. But, to these maniacs, they didn't care about family. They had a thirst for blood, and they were excited to make their twisted fantasy a reality. The two University of Chicago students abducted Bobby on May 21st, 1924. He was beaten to death... Badly beaten to death. Aww. Not that there's a good way to be beaten to oh death, but I mean, gosh. it was brutal. And he was then dumped under the Pennsylvania Railroad tracks at 118th Street. The plan was to drop off a ransom note to Bobby's parents. I think just to, according to the experts, they don't think he was wanting ransom. They was just looking to throw them off the scent of who the real oh, I was going to say, why do you need ransom when you're millionaires? But the body was found so quickly that the ransom note was just being delivered to his parents as the body was being found. Oh. An inquest into the murder started that afternoon after uh, the afternoon after the discovery of bodies, uh, Bobby's body. So that was technically the next day. An 11-year-old witness by the name of Erwin Hartsman testified as well as a watchman for the Ford plant who says that they both saw the body being dumped. He also said that he saw three men walking to the culvert where the body was found, but only two of them walked away. Hmm. The local paper said that 
as we stated earlier, that the, they felt like the demand for ransom was just created by the killers to throw suspicion in the wrong direction. Now, a tip from a chauffeur actually led police to the two boys. Good. Then they found a pair of tortoise shell glasses near the crime scene. The prescription glasses were tracked back to Nathan Leopold. Now, he said that he lost those glasses in that area while he was bird watching. Because, you know, you can see a lot of birds. Under a bridge. Under a bridge uh, with trains going by on a regular basis. That's where Mm. birds love to flock. Mm -hmm. Evidence began to mount quickly against the teens. Soon, each began to blame the other for the murders. In the end, both were convicted, but they escaped execution due to an expert legal team that was headed by famous attorney Charles Darrell. Of course, they have tons of money with their parents being millionaires, so they had the best legal team that money could buy. So while Darrell was actually fighting for the killers, Bobby Franks had someone fighting just as hard for him, state attorney Robert E. Crow. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because we mentioned Chicago ghost hunter Richard Crow earlier Richard Crow and Robert E. Crow, the attorney, are distant relatives of each other. Wow. There's another connection between the two. Both of their families were from Ireland, and both ended up in Chicago as voices for murder victims. Obviously, Robert was an attorney whose job was to put killers in jail and fight Mm -hmm. for the victims. Richard tells the story of restless spirits that have been murdered and tries to get justice on that side of it. But you literally, they didn't know each other. They were years apart from each other. Look, because you got to realize he was fighting for this. The attorney was back in the 1920s. Well, yeah. And Richard, you know, this was back in the, like the 90s, 2000s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they had no clue. But when they did the research, they found out that they both just happened to be from Chicago. But their separate families were both from Ireland. Oh, wow. And they end up in the same place, kind of doing the same thing, seeking justice. So the question is, was the spirit of Bobby Franks aware of this link between the attorney and a ghost hunter? Well, when Richard Crow visited Bobby's crypt at Rose Hill Cemetery, there were some strange happenings. Maybe he recognized Richard as the relative of the attorney who fought so hard for him. In 1998, Richard Crow visited the cemetery with the cemetery's caretaker. They walked up to the door of the crypt. Bobby's crypt. Mm-hmm. Richard figured that he'd kind of reach out and grab the handle to the door, and he assumed that it would be locked because he was told that it's always locked. Caretaker was shocked when the door creaked open. Ooh. Caretaker said, maybe Bobby's ghost wants you to go in. Richard went in, and then he said a prayer. Afterward, as he stared solemnly at the cold gray crypt, the caretaker shared a story with him. Years earlier, cemetery workers would frequently see a young boy wandering around near the crypt. As they approached, the boy would always vanish. Everyone said that that must be the ghost of Bobby Franks. The sightings of the spirit didn't calm down until after both of his killers were dead. Speaking of which, just to get into that, we mentioned that both were sons of millionaires. That meant that, much like Al Capone... Even though they were incarcerated, they got special privileges. They both had the run of the prisons. They not only had special meals, but they got to eat in private 
in the officers' lounges. Well, that ain't some crud. Richard Loeb died from razor cuts after a fight in the shower in prison in 1936. Good. Nathan Leopold was paroled in 1958. He died of heart failure in 1971. And it was only after his death that the sightings of Bobby's ghost stopped appearing at the cemetery. I can't even... I don't know. I just don't... I don't understand the way people think, I guess, but... You know, and how awful for that... For his family to know that it was a relative that did it. On top of that. Yeah. Man, oh man. Well, I'm glad they're both out of here and deceased. Good. Yeah, been deceased for a while. 71 was the last one. That's been, what, 51 years ago? Yeah, but you know, he still... Got to live 20-something years after he got out of prison, which sucks. He shouldn't have ever got out of prison. Nope, I agree. But, unfortunately, that happens more times than not in the legal systems. It's not just here. It's all over the world. No, I know it. I know it. Well, I'm glad he's at rest, at least. All right, so we talked about, we always like to cover a gruesome or a creepy fact at the end of the, the show, so... I found a couple of them that I was going to share today because they were short. But, did you know that before the advent of cups and bowls, people in ancient England used hollowed out human skulls to hold their foods and drink? No way! (laughs) Well, that's just disgusting. It is disgusting, but it is what it is. All right, here's another quick one for you. And most people kind of know this, but I'll throw it in there. Pigs can eat an entire human body, mostly because they'll just eat anything. And they can do that within eight minutes. I've heard that. I've heard that. Well, don't piss off a pig, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think the pigs usually, the pigs are usually just kind of handed that. Oh my god, That's a good way to dispose of a body. And then if you eat, and if you slaughter that pig, then you're eating yourself. Well, not yourself. Yeah, I don't think you'd be doing it yourself. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm just saying you would be eating somebody else's body. That's gross. I'm not eating pig no more. (laughs) Did you know when a person dies that their sense of hearing is the last to go? No. I guess you could still hear stuff, but I don't know how your body would process it if your brain's already gone. Anyways, love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, we love y'all. Thank you.